Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and on my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. We're in the deepest sleep, but who are we? That's right, we are in a deeper sleep, but who are we? Gabriel is... <laughs> Gabriel is not my stepson. Gabriel is my son. Anyway, today on Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Stepson. They have a new album called Help Me Help You, uh, which is released on March 26th via uh, Sharp Tone Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Jaden to share some more information about this stellar release and what's going on. Uh, a bit of exciting news from what I was going over my emails in preparation of this. Uh, so, Jaden, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, Gabe. He says hi. Uh, awesome. Fantastic. Okay. So I was going through my emails and it looks like pretty quickly leading up to this moment, and maybe it's old news by this point, but getting signed to Sharp Tone Records, releasing some singles, and then now we're here with, uh, this album that we're going to be chatting about today. So this is kind of a big honk in question, Jaden, but why don't you take us through the last couple of years, especially with regard to, uh, the pandemic and all that? Yeah. Uh, no worries. I'll try not to be too long winded. Um, but yeah, the band, the band itself has been going for like six or so years. Um, and a few years ago, we sort of hit the point where, you know, we've done a few EPs, a few singles. Um, we've always been super independent, always DIY, never had a manager, label, anything like that. Um, just all in-house. And we sort of got to the point where we're like, all right, the next like natural progression in the band is doing a full length. Which I was kind of like, ah, oh, that'll be easy. It's just like doing two EPs. It's just some extra songs. But no. Albums are so hard, man. So hard. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know whether it's like internal pressure that we put on ourselves. Just being like, no, it has to be like a step up in every single way. Or... <laughs> Like, I I don't know, maybe it's just all the extra songs, but it was a, like in hindsight after all the stressful parts are gone. Um, I'm so stoked that we did it. Albums are cool because you have more room to play with. You can do some fun stuff. Um, but yeah, we sort of, I can't remember if it was 20, it's like feels so long ago. I feel like it was 2018, but it might have been 2019 when we actually booked into the studio to record this. So We've had this finished for quite a while now. Um, and Sharp Tone, like, we had these big ideas of, you know, we went in, like, as an unsigned band, no management or anything. We wanted to record the album, write it all, pay for it all, have everything done, and then um, sort of send it to, like, managers and labels and, and see who bites, I guess. Um but before any of that happened, uh, Sharp Tone Records came knocking. Um, and they pretty much were like, yo, we love the band. Um, we love what you guys have been doing down there. Um, let's work together. Uh, and at first, we were all like, oh, holy dooly. Like, what do we like? What do we do? Like, what's a good record deal? Like, what do we do? Um, and I kind of sat there for a bit. And then decided, no, like, let's do the album first, get everything done, and then send it away to Sharp Tone and see what they say then. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of like, thanks, but no thanks uh, on the record deal. Saying no to the first one we ever got offered was the scariest thing we've ever done. I was like, oh, no, we're never going to see one of these again. Sharp Tone's going to be like, eh, whatever. 
and then move on to one. <laughs> um, but thankfully, they stuck with us, and they're like, yeah, no worries. Uh, let, us, let us know when the album's done and send it through. Um, like, make sure we're the first ones to hear it. So, uh, you know, I stuck to that promise and sent it through to them, and they were the only ones that ever got the album because after that, um, we just spent heaps of time talking and fleshing out the deal. And, yeah, I'm so stoked that we're part of that roster and family now. And then, yeah, we put out, I think we announced the signing with a single at the end of 2019, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and the album was due out, you know, sort of early-ish 2020. Um, and the day before we are going to film a music video for the lead single, uh, the whole world shut down. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so we're like, ah, this is problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, COVID came to infect us and poop. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, I look at my email chain. And it looks like you guys were, I already took out the notice anyway, that you guys were signed at the end of 2019. Uh, and then early 2020, we've got this single. And then it's just like, phew, big space of nothing. And then uh, as I'm preparing for this interview, Jaden, I'm like, this artwork looks very familiar. Like, where have I seen, have I, like, where have I seen this before? Um, yeah, so, it's very creepy artwork too. Is it creepy? I didn't think it was creepy. Well, it's, it's, it's weird li- at the same time. Yeah, it's weird, it's eerie, but it's also pretty. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I guess while we're on the artwork, take us through this. What's what's the message in this artwork? Does it relate to the album? You mentioned albums are hard. Sometimes that might be coming up with a theme or a concept, like what ties these songs together. Um, is there something that ties the songs together that we have this artwork? Um. In a way, yes and no. So, like, I guess the album as a whole, like, the collection of songs, whether it be, like, lyrically, like, sonically, they're all very, very differently, uh, different songs. Whereas uh, lyrically, you know, while every song is about a different thing or from a different perspective, I guess it is sort of, like, in the same sort of universe, same sort of, I guess, timeline. Because we write songs about our personal experiences. Uh, it just doesn't feel genuine to write about something else, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we sort of draw, like when we're working on our music, we sort of draw from our personal experiences, whether it be, you know, trauma from the past or, you know, trying to take something bad and put a positive spin on it. Um, it's always from a very real place um to us and then we do our best to write it in a relatable way so while it may be a very specific moment in time for us that we're like singing about um we deliver in a way that you know anyone can be like whoa like is this song about me like this same thing happened to me kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so while the songs i wouldn't say like they're not all linked um they're definitely like in the same sort of vibe and as for the artwork and everything, initially we had a completely different concept. And when we did it, um, it kind of sucked. <laughs> we just looked at it and we're like, eh. You know, some of us were like, oh, it's all right. And um, 
broadcasting, I kind of went, no. If we're looking at it and being like, that's a pass, then that's not good enough. Like, we need to look at, like, the cover and fall in love with it. Um, but unfortunately, we're, like, pretty short on time at that point. So uh, he pulled together the concepts for the film clip. Uh, sorry, not the film clip, the artwork. And we wanted something, like, that doesn't necessarily is super specific to, like, the album title or the songs. We wanted something that was eye-catching, had a nice aesthetic, like aesthetic, but also, uh, as Gabe said, something like a little bit weird, a little bit creepy, just to sort of have it stay with you um, and leave you asking questions. And -hmm. I guess like the little girl on a bench by herself, you know, you're like, why is she there? What's the go with the mask? Uh, Why she got the flowers? Um, I think it's like a nice blend of innocence slash eeriness um and that sort of comes in with the term like the song uh, sorry album title help me help you carry on there's so much so many so many unanswered questions okay so help <laughs> help me help you how did you guys come to that uh title yeah I guess, like, throughout the band's whole career, um, you know, it wasn't something intentional, something we ever, like, really planned on. Um, But, yeah, a lot of people connected with these songs. And, man, if you went through, like, our inbox on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, it's just filled with really lovely messages of people pretty much saying, like, hey, I was going through such a hard time. Um, But then I heard, like your song and you know it made me feel a little less alone in this world um and that's not lost on us that's like a pretty powerful thing i remember being like this sad teenager and i don't think i'll love anything like i loved those songs when i was a teenager and they got me through all like everything that didn't matter what bad stuff was happening you know i just put my headphones in listened to these songs and you know, it made me feel better. So now to be on the other side of that and, you know, having people saying the same thing to us is pretty awesome. Um, I guess that's sort of where the title, like, Help Me Help You is born from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You seem like such a chipper young man, Jaden. I can't imagine you being a, a sad, depressed uh, teenager. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um listening to heaps of punk rock it fixes everything sure gabriel wants to you want to ask a question or you just want to add something okay okay gotcha okay he's wanted to type a, a note in there perfect now a couple of tracks that we have run i believe was a previous uh release then we have deeper sleep and who are we is the two more recent releases with uh video clips that are really quite uh I want to say theatrical, especially Deeper Sleep is really quite theatrical. And then uh, Who Are We is obviously super cheeky. Um, <laughs> how did you guys get these things done? Um, were these videos done like before the whole thing happened? Uh, no. And that's part of the reason why the album was delayed. Um, we live across three different states. So while we are a Brisbane band and the majority of the band is up in Queensland, 
I'm just below the state lines um, in New South Wales. So I live just inland from Byron Bay. And then our drummer is down at the bottom of Australia in Melbourne. Um, and obviously when the pandemic kicked in and all that stuff, um, there's a lot of like stay home orders. Uh, we weren't allowed to cross borders. Um, so it made it like very, very difficult. Um, deeper sleep, we had like a completely different concept um, involved, like, involving heaps of like extras and, you know, like a big, big set. Um, and obviously when there's a pandemic going on, it's kind of like, right, um, stay like 1.5 meters away from everyone. Uh, don't leave your house unless you need to. So the idea of having like 50 plus people on set for a film clip, uh, just wasn't smart. So we sort of had to rejig the idea a lot. Um, and then we also had the issues of our like drummer being in lockdown and not being able to get out anywhere. So um, Deeper Sleep was shot like across multiple different days with multiple different um, directors. Um, and then we sort of kind of spliced it all together to try and make it look like this, all the one clip. Like our the, all the drum shots in that um, film clip is just done in our drummer's shed. <laughs> but you wouldn't know to watch it. Um, no, I had no idea. Yeah, so it made it pretty tricky, and um, I'm, like, super happy with the result, how it turned out, considering I still, like, there's still that part of me that's like, man, I wish we got to do that big thing we had planned. But, I mean, now that's just in the back pocket for, you know, a new song later on. Um, but, yeah, that one was tricky. And then Who Are We? I guess because we sort of had to shut down um, for 12 months over there. Uh, we'd already put out the two singles and Deeper Sleep was meant to be the next one before the album. And then all of a sudden nothing happened for, as you said, there's just a big black spot in the middle where nothing's happened. Uh, we're like, well, we can't just relaunch the album and just be like, here's Deeper Sleep and uh, the album will come out later. So uh, we added Who Are We as a single and then, yeah, we had to put together that music video. Um, and I think it's pretty fun. Like, we thought about it, we're like, this song's like a bit more upbeat, a bit more of like a, almost like a pop punk, like punk rock anthem in a way. So all our film clips have been quite dark, somber, um, you know, very serious vibes. And we're like, you know, let's flip the script and let's go bright and colourful and just fun. Um, it was my first attempt at a screenplay slash directing something. So that was really cool. Um, and yeah, Nick Hargens, the videographer, uh, he absolutely crushed it. The edit was great. Um, and yeah, it was just fun doing something, as you said, like a bit cheeky. <laughs> yeah, that was the first vibe I got. Is it part of the reason that I, aside from the fact that the song is great, um, is you've got this whole thing going on. It was like tryouts, two different levels of tryouts. It looks like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you guys trying to figure out like who would be who should be there or whatever, you know. It's it's funny. Yeah, thanks man. It was a lot of fun to do. Like we roped in like just friends and my little brothers in there as well. So it was like it was a real fun process to make. Um we got the guy that's been in like three of our other videos to just make a random cameo. 
Um, yeah, look cool. And Brock was stoked. Like, oh, cool, I'm only in 30 seconds of a clip. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Worked that is... Find a way. <laughs> yeah. Boom. And then uh, one of the things I noticed right off the hop with the record... Uh, that I was actually really glad to get you for the interview is some of these bass lines are just sick. Like they're really well thought out, super flashy bass lines that with two guitar players, you managed to get right in there. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, thankfully, like, you know, we do have that sort of, <coughs> sorry. Uh, thankfully we do have that sort of room to play around. Um, with all that stuff, and yeah, particularly deeper sleep. Um, that was like cool because, like, you know, like in this sort of music, typically, you know, you've just got the bass in the background doing, you know, the root notes and whatnot. As like, it serves a purpose, but it's not really interesting. And as a band, we're just all about interesting. We like doing weird stuff. We like, you know, throwing an extra beat in or an extra bar or a weird rest, like. So it was cool to like let the bass sort of fly a bit more on the album, and you know, I think everything's important to be do like done tastefully. Same same applies to guitar. If you're just shredding, doing crazy stuff the whole time, kind of like loses the flair. You're just like, oh yeah, this guy can just play really fast or whatever. But <laughs> if you put it in at like the right moments, I just think that's like the coolest thing and something that can catch you off guard. You're like, whoa, whoa, what was that? Like, stop, take the song back. Yeah. That's, that's exactly yeah. what happened. I don't know how you knew that, but that is, uh, that is what happened. Um, Jaden, quick question. How much time do you have? Do you need to jump onto the next call here shortly? No, man, that's just me and you. Okay. And Gabe. <laughs> and Gabe. Uh, cause I have one more question that I thought was really interesting is you guys mentioned being, you know, a DIY band, never had a label, never had a manager, but then sharp tone comes knocking and that I want to call it an ubiquitous question. Almost everybody, every band is like, ah, a record label, just a contact. What do I do? How should this go? What was that like? How did you guys determine what is a good record contract? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when I say we're self-managed, I mean, I manage us and <laughs> I had, <laughs> um, I had no idea, man. Like, um, I sort of like read the first one. I was looking, I was like, I don't know what any of this means. Um, and we said like, thanks, but no thanks. We'll do the album. And then sent the album back to them. And they are like, this is like, we've been patiently waiting six months to hear this and you know, had high expectations and it blew all of those expectations out of the water. I was like, whoa, that's really nice. Um, and then they said, we want to work with you. Tell us what you need um, to make this work. And I was like, cool. Got off the call and then I was like, oh, my God, what do we need to make this work? Like, what do we need? <laughs> um, I, like, I have no uh, – I've got no uni degree or – any management courses or anything, everything we've ever learned as a band is through either, you know, learning off our peers, uh, our friends who have sort of gone through, done the same thing, seeing, you know, what other bands we look up to have done right. And more importantly, looking at what other bands have done wrong, mm -hmm. um, including ourselves. Like 
you know, we don't mind making mistakes um, as long as we learn from them and we go, all right, cool, in the memory bank, let's not do that again. I think that's a part of life, like not just in music, in anything. Um, But naturally, your first record deal is one of those things that you don't want to look back at and go, all right, I did that wrong. I want to do it better next time. Um, So pretty much I just talked to literally everyone I could think of. Um, whether it's like, say, Polaris and Alpha Wolf, who are like friends of ours down here in Australia that have, like, were signed to Sharp Tone before us, mm-hmm. um, sort of asking them how their current, like, deal's gone, how they feel about it. Um, talk to other bands who went down, like, the independent route. Um, you know, some of our friends, like our producer, Callan Orr, he play, uh, plays in a band called Dream on Dreamer. So, you know, they were like this young hype band when they broke out, um, signed to Rise Records overseas and unified here in Australia and, you know, did American tour, did a few like European tours and, you know, were the ultimate like hype band there for a while, um, at least in the Australian sense. Um, But they got burned pretty bad by their label and afterwards, like they're now off the label and independent. They're all quite bitter about it. Uh, so it was like interesting, well, not bitter about it, but they were definitely like, you know, that could have been done better. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting talking to them, like learning about how they, what they did wrong and what they didn't like about it. Um, Same so as like uh, my good friend, Troy Brady. Uh, he was like one of the original members of the Amity Affliction. were like literally one of Australia's like biggest heavy acts ever. Uh, so he gave a lot of good insight. He actually said don't sign with the label, though, so I guess I didn't really listen to him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is I just talked to anyone and everyone I could. Um, A few, like, different friends who are, you know, managing and done contracts and whatnot. Um, And I just gathered as much information, whether it's, like, positive, negative, neutral, and sort of wrapped my head around it. And then we made our own informed decision based off all that. Like no one told us what to do. We just, everyone told us what they thought. And then, you know, I spent the next six to nine months maybe um, negotiating with Sharptone, just working out little kinks. Um, And yeah, I'm so happy with the deal now. It's um, very artist friendly. Um, And Sharptone, they're, so incredible man like we have a hundred percent creative control in whatever we do um they're just super supportive um and it's cool and most importantly if there are any young bands listening to this i also paid a lawyer heaps of money so (laughs) make sure you get a lawyer to check over any contract you ever do um but yeah we did all the negotiations and the lawyer said yeah looks good so uh we signed Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times, Jaden, I've given that exact advice when I get a band out of nowhere that's like, hey, how does this record contract look? And I go, I'm not an entertainment lawyer. You should hire a lawyer. And then they're like, oh, but that's going to cost money. And I'm like, how much money is it going to cost on the back end if you get screwed? Yeah, that's it. That's 100% it. Because <laughs> I, yeah. like, I, I saw the... like. When he was like, oh, yeah, it's about $400 an hour. I was like, oh, my God, I'm paying you a lot of money to send an email. But, um, 
yeah, it's as you said, it could cost heaps of money in the back end. Thankfully, he didn't actually have to change too much because uh, Sharp Tone's contracts aren't super sneaky and they're not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. It's just very, um, very straightforward, very honest, which I've heard horror stories of other labels um, in the past that may not have been super clear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I cannot say a single bad thing about Sharp Tone. Yeah. I've chatted with Polaris. I've chatted with Alpha Wolf. Now I've chatted with Stepson. Everybody's happy on the Sharp Tone Records family. Yeah, we're one big happy family. The roster is incredible as well. So everyone I've met like on the roster have been so welcoming. Uh, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. Well, then that concludes my questions. We chatted about um, the last couple of years. Albums are hard. How to approach a record contract. We chatted about Deeper Sleep. We chatted about Who Are We. We loosely chatted about Run. We chatted about the album Help Me Help You. We chatted about creepy artwork. Creepy artwork. Uh, I almost kind of wonder where, where you where did you guys find that mask and why did this little girl want to hold it up? But um, yeah, like why does she have the flowers too? Like is she marrying herself? Whoa, is she marrying herself? That's fantastic. Um, could be. I don't could, know. Could That's be, the, baby. We want to leave you with a few questions so you're thinking about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be game and you see what you can work out. Beautiful. Yeah, the only other thing I can think of is I, I just immediately had an idea to you know almost have like a panel discussion with bands who are happy with a label and encourage it and bands who have been screwed over by labels and disencourage <laughs> it and just have this massive panel of things. Yeah, it'll be called the Rock Mill Podcast Panel Edition. Panel Edition, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the first episode would be introduction. Yeah, because ever since... See, I don't know how things went in Australia, but here in North America, ever since CD Baby came out like 20, 25 years ago, I'm talking like 99, 2000-ish, that kind of just blew open the door and said, well, screw labels. I don't need a label. Uh, yeah. You know, and then that turned into TuneCore, which then turned into DistroKid, and all these services are still available. Um, but what's funny is I chatted with one of my record label friends, and he said, well... You, if you want to make money, you join a label. If you want to spend money, you go on a distro kid. And I just thought that's a really unique way of putting it. Um, yeah, you know. So it's kind of kind of interesting how to uh, process the whole thing. But uh, it was good to hear from you. You guys did your research, went the proper route, and as a result of spending, I'm guessing four hundred dollars uh, Australian, you guys uh, are happy. Uh, that- that was per hour, and he definitely sunk a few hours into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's. I get that question. Well, how much is how much is it going to cost for them to look at the you know this email I'm just going to send? Probably like five hundred bucks an hour. You know, Canadian five hundred dollars an hour, and they're just like, oh my god, I could spend like a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand. Like, yep. Yeah, man. If you're not spending, you know, sort of. I'd put the figure like fifteen hundred if it's a super short, easy contract. Five grand if it's a big one. But I mean, if it's a big one, then you know that label's pretty serious. So ask them to front it. <laughs> yeah, groovy. All right. Well, Jaden, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Yeah, thanks heaps for having me, man. It's lots of fun. So the album comes out tomorrow. So it's like I'm. I could barely sleep last night. I was just like, ah, so excited. So it's cool 
being able to talk to like-minded people about it. So, because I've been sitting on it for so long. <laughs> well, and then you guys get to tour in Australia, correct? Yep. Um, what? So there's still yeah, live shows are coming back. It's still like still very um, like there's still a fair few different restrictions and whatnot, uh, like limited capacities and you know just like all the standard sort of things you need to be careful with um but live music is back baby and yeah i i can't wait to get back on the stage i hope i remember our songs it's been a while <laughs> i hope so too i paid good money for that seat yeah <laughs> <laughs> beautiful all right well thanks again Jane. awesome thanks Dave, for having me guys go ahead and stop sweetie hello hello or should i say goodbye goodbye Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Metal Podcast. I've been your host, John Harris. Please head over to our website at www.therockmetalpodcast.ca. There you can sign up for our newsletter and find out more information about today's show.